he's never seen me fight live. He, he his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be. I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. And you're going to split your bonus with him if you get it. No, definitely, but he says he's going to scream. Um, he's Sign of him? He's already, yeah. Paul's really nice like that, you know. He doesn't need the money in fair. He just jacked up him walking and all. The chap's loud. My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Episode 27 of the Severe May podcast is finally here. Myself, Andrew McGatton, joined as always by Sean Sheehan. And Sean, it's a terrible day today. Why is that? My sister's going to her first teenage disco. Oh no, she'll never be the same again. <laughs> Change for life. <laughs> we, we both know, but we can't say it. <laughs> I, I can't stomach myself to say it. She'll be crying again on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, for other reasons. <laughs> for other reasons. Yeah. Oh, it's a horrible, horrible day. Oh. And oh. there was no tea in the house this morning. I know, sure. You delayed the it podcast. Delayed the podcast for it. Twitter melted down today, which are like, I don't know what to say. Like, jeez, just like going off for tea bags, and there's a podcast there. On a podcast. on a better, well, on a better note, I came home. See, my mum and dad are just. And my sister are just back from holidays, and uh, they brought back mini Toblerones. Oh, nice! Are the white ones or I have uh, white, uh, black, and normal. I only like the white ones. What? Yeah, I'm only a white Toblerone fan. And Joe, you can't get big white Toblerones anymore. You can only get the mini ones. I didn't even know white Toblerones existed until a few minutes ago. Ah, here. Wait a second! But, do you hear that? That's the unraveling of a white Toblerone. I'm going to give you my taste test. It's just white chocolate. Yeah, but do you know what? I, I used to love Toblerones before, but I don't like the little bits inside them. And they're very hard, kind of. What are they? They're, they're some sort of nut. Yeah. Is it like hard nougat or something? Or nugget? How do you say that? Nougat? I don't know. I just always remember getting a big stick of Toblerone whenever you came back somewhere from holidays. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. They like only that. sell Toblerones in airports, I think. They yeah. Else. <laughs> Toblerone sales and shops have just plummeted, so they just <laughs> relocated all their stock to airports. Dublin 9 airport. 11 killed the Toblerone industry for about six months. Pretty much. Flying, yeah. Poor we, we had a bit of a... Um, also, I want your opinion on something before we get on to proper discussions. This isn't proper discussions, but... Oh, well, I mean mixed martial arts related discussions. I don't mind that shit. What uh, shirt should I wear today to interview Joseph Duffy? Oh. Considering my tricolour one is in the wash. Oh, yeah. Irish Joe. <laughs> Again. <laughs> you need one with embroidered with Irish Andrew in the back of it or something. Yeah, uh, um, that's a bit sectarian. <laughs> what? I like your, uh, your, do you know that kind of red plaid? I don't know it's a plaid, but her. The Mick Foley shirt. Yeah, the Mick Foley one. Wear that one. I think, I think that's a little bit overdone at this stage. I actually had someone tweet me saying hashtag lumberjack today. <laughs> yeah, I saw that before. I think Patrick did it. No, I know. It's been done a lot. Like it's, yeah. a, it's a recurring thing now at this stage. I think you, if you wear a clothes, you usually wear it open, like a white shirt. Wear a clothes and it'll look different. Have you like a black tie or something? If I wear, wear what clothes? The shirt. The McFoley shirt? Yeah. Don't I, you usually wear I wear it, well, I, I wear it both ways. Thank you for noticing. But I'm going for a number that I haven't pulled out of the wardrobe since UFC Manchester 2013. Jesus. Very exotic. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be nice. Or I might just go for a purple one. I haven't decided yet. But the only reason I am interviewing or wearing a shirt today is because Joseph Duffy is in Dublin. 
He's doing a media tour of Dublin today. He was already on Ireland AM this morning, and in case you didn't hear it, you've been living under a rock. Andrew McGahan. Or asleep. Or asleep, like I was <laughs> when it happened. And me. Andrew McGahan has successfully been matchmaking fights for Irish fighters since we got Io Daly onto Cage Warriors a couple of years ago. Joseph Duffy versus Dustin Poirier, main event, UFC Dublin. UFC Fight Night 77, October 24th. Sean, don't want to say I told you so. Because there's a lot of people going around being like, hmm, hmm. Remember, I put a tweet up after Duffy beat him. That's, yeah, me. I got that fight booked. I'm seeing a lot of that online. Well, it I, was you. Was that I, look, all you? look, all I'm saying is, right, I got a message this morning from someone who will remain anonymous. Well, actually, I don't even know what I'm saying. Kevin Lawless was the guy who originally <laughs> sent me a message on Facebook oh, yeah. uh, suggesting the fight. And that was... Uh, yeah, he was. The, I was. That was the first instance that I saw of it. So really, I took Kevin's idea, which he was all right with. But Abby uh, from MMA Junkie said, "Bro, it's all about that McGahan matchmaking. Poirier versus Duffy main event. They heard you loud and clear at the press conference. Sean Shelby perked up like a meerkat when you said it. He was standing right beside me as I was filming the post-fight press conference. Now, Sean Shelby, I do that. It's Joe Silva. What? It's Joe Silva does that matchmaking, not Sean Shelby." Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But maybe uh, Sean Shelby was looking up thinking, who the fuck told this guy? <laughs> give, give Joe Silva a WhatsApp there. Hi, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I have a good fight for you there. You're, you're leaked. Or I don't even know if Shelby was... Maybe Abby's just making me feel better. I don't know. I don't even know if Sean Shelby was in Scotland. Anyway, what a main event. I'm happy with it. I would have I, I would have thought Gunnar Nelson was going to be in that main event slot. Um, but I suppose this is the UFC... <laughs> They've disregarded your advice on the slow bill, Sean. Uh, I assume you'll be ending your consultancy fee with the UFC. Well, I think they should start it up. To be honest, did they need me? Like, did they need me no more than ever did? Look, look, we spoke about it for months on here about, as you said, that Irish card from years ago where two Irish guys fought in the co-main event and they in their body and on these other guys in the main event and like half the place was empty and all. I think the UFC have a fear of that happening. Um, and like even with Gunnar Nelson, I know like he's trains in Ireland and stuff, but like he's not actually Irish. <laughs> like so, I do, uh, and you know like there's a lot of bandwagoner fans and stuff, and people come on and they'll get tickets just for the night, and they'll come to see the Irish guys, and they're like they might like want to stay for the main event or whatever. We don't know, right? But when you've just a Duffy in the main event, I think he has become a guy a lot of people know. Like you see a lot of the man sites and stuff talk about him. Um, man sites yeah, that's what I call them because clickbait websites Sean yeah, bullshit websites severe MMA plus one you'll never guess who's coming back to Dublin in October uh, Irish yeah but I, I think that's why uh, like you spoke to Dave Allen there how long ago maybe like two or three months ago now and he talked are you stealing my point uh, am I you are I don't know. we're on psychic levels here I love yeah. it go on ahead he spoke about like having an Irish guy wanting an Irish guy to be uh, atop the guard so listen I've said it before and people know that like I didn't really want this matchmaking I, I wasn't too mad with the matchmaking per se but I didn't want it as a headliner uh, people know like that I'm not from like the Irish MMA scene I'm like a UFC guy, fucking guy from Years ago, I I didn't come up with like the, uh, like you and Pizzi and all the guys kind of came up with the Irish MMA scene and don't have like 
as close a connection to the Irish guys. Like I'm, I'm just happen to be an MMA guy in Ireland and not an Irish MMA guy per se. But some my uh, my views on it might be different, little different to other people. But yeah, I think it's okay. Um, as long as they they build a card, I think it's a good fight to build a card around. Like. I think Gunnar Nelson and Wanderby Thompson could be co-main event to that and I, I, I think that would be a good idea but I fear it won't be to be honest I think Gunnar Nelson like you saw Dana White sending him that message saying oh, come into my office I want to meet you and stuff yeah. I think they could be putting him on the like a Conor McGregor road to the top kind of you could see him with, against Matt Brown or someone like that on top of a, a Fox Sports 1 guard you could see him in a, a Fox Co-main event or yeah. a view third from the top or something like that. So I don't know. The Dana tweet was weird because yeah. surely it would have been a lot easier to contact him than Twitter. Though, like he was still in the building. You're the head of the company. You've probably got a radio. Hey, security. Hey, PR people. Hey, runners. Has Gunnar Nelson left the building yet? Tell him I want to see him before he goes. That's Dana White being Dana White, and we're gonna get onto that a little bit later on in the show. But um, in terms of the matchmaking, like. <coughs> Duffy and Parry, I think, is a pretty good fight. Um, Maybe a step too soon, but the best thing about it is that we're going to find out. There's no point in wondering these questions or asking them beforehand. If Joseph Duffy beats Dustin Parry, then a star is born, or a star has been pushed further into the top of that division. And you could argue he's doing the exact same, the UFC are doing the exact same thing they did with Connor. Two fights in, headline Dublin against the guy that's supposed to be able to beat him let's see what happens the only difference unfortunately is that Connor had the layoff so Connor actually got to main event status in 15 months uh, Joe has done it in seven I would be really interested in seeing is there a guy that's come into the UFC quicker and gotten up to main event status I know the landscape of the show of the UFC has completely changed now I know that they have so many events coming out their ears that they need to put on uh, diluted cards around Europe and the rest of the world but I am genuinely uh, interested in wondering and knowing has there been a quicker guy that's come into the UFC and gotten up to the main event on a card quicker than Joseph Duffy? There uh, has, yeah, but... Who? Hit me. Brock, Le- Brock Lesnar, probably. Mayhem Miller. Uh, loads, probably. Fuck you. <laughs> Who did... Uh, Bro- well, Brock hardly main event straight up, did he? I think his second fight, maybe. Um, those guys that came over from Strike Force, a lot of them did as well. But yeah, I think uh, okay, I someone who, like someone, it, yeah. You, uh, your point is yeah, your point is correct. Um, yeah, he's he's got to the top very quickly, and I think the UFC tend to pounce on things like this, like they're pouncing on the the Irish MMA fans. And if they had a second Irish MMA star with Conor McGregor, that'd be even better for them. Like imagine Joseph Duffy um, fighting in Vegas if he had a big crowd behind him bringing more people over like imagine having two nights a year or four nights a year or whatever it is uh, with Irish MMA fans coming over to Vegas like that's that's huge that'd be huge for um for the UFC so yeah like we spoke about it as well earlier in the year but you know when they when they went to make the Lawler Hendricks tree card they were kind of pouncing on the second one doing so well in in uh, in pay-per-view numbers but obviously but everyone happened. didn't want to see it yeah, nobody it, wanted to yeah, see it but I think since then, like it's kind of revisionist history now, but I think the pay-per-view market has kind of bounced back a bit. There's, it's been fairly good since, but that that's beside the point anyway. But yeah, Sean, it's been it was nine months for Brock Lesnar. Frank Mir beat him at UFC 81 in February. Then he fought Heath Herring in the co-main event underneath George St Pierre, 
and John Fitch and then when he beat Randy Couture UFC 91 it was in November so February to November so fuck me in other words I'm gonna find someone else yeah well no no doubt you will <laughs> but I, I have the power to edit it out so uh, Luke Rockhold <clears throat> yeah well like I that's fair his enough first guard, his first guard he had learned <laughs> you're, you're going through a, you're going through a tunnel there Sean sorry you're breaking up <laughs> the podcast has gone mobile anyway where were we sorry uh, we were talking I got about lost and I told you so do you think Wonderboy maybe it's my delusion because I like Wonderboy so much but do you think do you think Wonderboy and Gunny can co-headline this card yeah to be honest like I would agree it should be you could argue that it's a main event fight over Duffy and Parry and Duffy and Parry in the coming event but I think you had to kind of surely there's some sort of incentive uh, for Dustin Parry in taking this fight you know for him it's a lose-lose situation so the fact that he's getting to main event a card is probably big for him and he has spoke about Ireland before and wanting to come back so maybe there's that as well but there was the Houston card which is only three or two and a half hours away from Louisiana where uh, Parry is from and a lot of fans were tweeting for it and he was openly tweeting for that a couple of weeks ago Dana said oh we have something for him uh, already planned and that obviously was the Dublin thing so to me I think Parry must have been told look if you beat this guy you're getting top three next you're getting the next like eliminator contender fight for that belt I can't see him taking this fight any other reason because it's a lose-lose situation for him. Duffy, on the other hand, with a win, goes straight into the top five. I can't see anything other than that. Mm. Or challenging someone in the top five. Uh, maybe. Top ten, anyway. Top ten, at least. Let's, be, uh, let's, let's reel it back in. I don't see a reason why someone like Duffy doesn't go out and fight Edson Barboza, Jorge Masvidal, one of those guys after, if he beats Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Do you know you were speaking about that Houston card as well I know I think Botter was saying it about uh, it might be it might not be that card you mean card, the, the real host of this podcast yeah the real man the, the numbers man although when he went off it the next week we went to number two but on that's, iTunes, that's so. only because people were expecting him for a follow up <laughs> exactly. week exactly he says um, Tyrone he tweeted out that Tyrone Woodley and, and Johnny Hendricks are fighting but I, I don't know if it's, that's going to happen him. Like he, I wouldn't doubt him like he probably will but that Houston card, like, I, I think Johnny Hendricks and Gunnar Nelson could be fighting on that card. I don't know why. Oh! I, just, I just have a, I have a little inkling. I haven't heard anything or anything, but I just, I just have a feeling that you know, I have a feeling. I've had it for a while that it could be happening. It's a feeling in your feeling. waters. Feeling my waters, yeah. But like, there has there hasn't been any other um, fights announced for the Dublin card or anything. So Kyle Pendred says he has card. has an opponent. <coughs> he does, I believe. <coughs> Um, Paddy Houlihan is looking for Louis Smolka. Yeah, I, I think that will probably happen. Surely it makes, makes perfect sense unless, one of, unless Smolka's injured or something. I don't see a reason why I wouldn't. Um, <coughs> so, talking to date here. Yeah, yeah, you're alright. What's wrong with you? I'm dying. Hold on, let me get a drink. What's wrong with you these days? Nothing, I'm fine. I just. <laughs> Nothing, I'm fine! <laughs> Early mornings. <laughs> Early mornings, like 1 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> just waking up. We, we have tough lives. Um, and my mother has just brought me a cup of tea excellent Ash, and, she, and now she's learnt not to interrupt during the podcast <laughs> Good what a lady and I sound uh, like the most disrespectful son in the world there finally <laughs> on the Dublin card is there's no Conor McGregor let's assume he's doing the Q&A beforehand the day before yeah 
Do you think? Is he going to be around? Is he even going to oh. be here? Is he going to be in the country? Uh, I don't know. I, it's hard on. What do you think? I I don't know because I don't know how long Tough is going to take. I don't know what's going to be done over there. Uh, tough will be well over by then, right? But he could be into his training camp by then. Like if he's fighting on January second, it isn't confirmed or anything. Like, but that's what a lot of people are saying. October, November, December, January. He could be in Iceland. Yeah. I, I, I don't see why he wouldn't want to be in the O2. I don't see why he wouldn't he be, there. be there. Yeah. yeah, I'd say he'd probably want to be there, but you never know. Uh, I'd say chances are he probably will be there. How many people will be there for that Q&A? That would probably be the most attended Q&A in UFC history. The O2 for that Q&A if it happens. Which would be a little bit funny. A little yeah. bit hilarious. Did you watch CM Punk's last week? I did. It was brilliant. Was He's a great see, man. See that fucking idiot trying to call him out and stuff. Yeah, the heckler. You might know me from from Twitter. <laughs> that was the best <laughs> line ever. Oh god! I watched your interview with CM Punk. Actually, not we talked about it. Jesus, like, I I enjoyed it to be honest. But like, did you a think lot of MMA fans would have been fucking incredulous listening? To yeah. Ask him about. Tell me, do you think uh, it was noticeable? My audio. Um, I was oh, about no. no, no. Don't worry. I completely pulled back of what I was going to say there, and we have avoided having to edit anything. I was going to say, could you tell? From watching it, right? This is what a few people have said to me. That he seemed, after watching the full scrum and the full interviews, and then, because for our interview, I just cut my questions up and threw it in there. Um, it seemed like he perked up for my questions. Yeah, he did, yeah. At the start, he was kind of down and out, but like when, you, when he kind of realised how much you knew and shit about it, like I think he was kind of impressed, and he was... Yeah, he did. He did definitely did perk up. I actually did notice that, yeah, when I was watching it. And yep. and you're talking about MMA fans not liking it. Who cares? The oh, the video yeah. the video. It's not like we run an MMA website or anything. The video was stolen by a lot of uh, pro wrestling websites. So oh, really? we actually yeah, it, it did like seventy or eighty thousand views in the end because they wanted the money shot of him talking about uh, I told you so or something like that for the UFC. So I yeah. inadvertently became a dirt sheet wrestling obs- uh, wrestling writer. SevereWWE.com. It's coming soon. Trademark for 2015. Let's talk about the most beautiful Mortal Kombat style finish to a UFC title fight ever. If you've been on Facebook, you might have saw a funny video involving the Mario, Super Mario uh, coin sound every time TJ Dillashaw landed a shot onto Henenborough. 27 punches from when the first one was came to when the f- uh, finish came from Herb Dean. What do we talk about first? Do we talk I've about? Lot, I've Her- a lot of thoughts on this. Oh, do we talk about Herb Dean? Maybe not stepping in as quick as he should have. Okay. Hit what do me. you think about it, talk? Okay. You tell me. I think TJ Dillashaw is an absolute monster. One hundred and thirty-five has no standout legitimate challengers for him. I think Frankie Edgar should come down. People wouldn't. I don't think people would care too much if Frankie Edgar got an immediate shot at one forty one thirty-five. That is an absolutely unbelievable fight, the two of those guys against each other. And I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. Let's see what the MMA uh, public thinks of this. TJ Dillashaw wrecks Dominic Cruz. At this point, I think he probably does. But did you hear Dominic Cruz on, on yeah. the MMA hour? What oh else? Like, that was the best interview ever. I just saw some of the quotes, but what else is he going to say? The guy. Oh, no, you, have to, you have to see it. Oh, you have to see it. It was fucking brilliant. He just went apeshit. <laughs> he was talking about Dwayne Ludwig and stuff, and he said, I could be Dwayne Ludwig's coach. It was fucking brilliant. But I think Cruz is like. 
these are my feelings on this fight, right? I think Cruz is one of these guys. He's a, he's an innovator. Like I think McGregor is another one. I think Rory McDonald's one. I think TJ's one. And like you could see, I, I think it's hard to see when a guy beats a guy once, but when they beat him twice and dismantle him twice, like TJ Dillashaw did to Hinnom Barrow, I think it really shows up, like how MMA is evolving so much. I think this was I think this was a defining fight for how good MMA was. Like Hinnom Barrow looked like a sheet of paper, and TJ Dillashaw looked like a flying airplane. Like he just he's just different dimensions. He's just a better fighter all around. Like Kenan Brow is a very very good fighter, and I think like I think Kenan Brow reached his peak and like he's probably still around, but I think he's kind of coming down a bit. And TJ Dillashaw is like still getting to his peak, and he's just the next level fighter. Like there's been a lot of talk over the last few years, like that I think wrestlers are taking over and stuff. But I in the last couple of months, maybe eighteen months. I think strikers have really taken over the game and I think that's going to be the way forward for the next while I know TJ is a wrestler and stuff and you need the wrestling base but if you look at all the guys like who are champions now Verdum he's champion because his striking is so good John Jones well he's gone now but it's because of his striking and he, like I know they all have bases but it's because of that Chris Weidman his wrestling is very good but I think it's his striking that made, makes a difference he knocked out Anderson Silva Robbie Lawler it's his striking Dos Anjos, okay, he's, his wrestling is very good, but I, he outstruck Pettis as well. Um, McGregor and Aldo, both strikers. So we're coming into the era yeah. of the striker. Yeah, it's the striker era. Everyone's Demetrius Johnson's footwork. Apart from Ronda Rousey, maybe. Well, yeah. on that topic, right? Ronda Rousey is 11-4 to to KO, TKO Beth this weekend. That, that's pretty good. She was 16-5. to Someone just put on my Facebook, uh, Matino... Have fifty on Ronda to win TKO at sixteen to five, and it's gone down to eleven to four already. We get to Ronda now. What, what did you think? Well, I think I'm going to do that bet. Just as I'm going to run out of here right afterwards <laughs> because she seems to really want to put a little bit of hurt on her. Yeah. But can I just go back to Dominic Cruz for a second? Two. Dominic Cruz, I think, has to say all of that shit. You know, he's as you're saying, he's an innovator, so he respects. I think he's very peeved watching this from the outside. Guys like Demetrius Johnson and TJ Dillashaw getting praise effectively for the game that he brought into MMA. It's just that he has been on the outside for so long. He's been injured for so long that he hasn't gone through the guys in the way that he has and hasn't got to show it. After watching that fight at the weekend, I think it was the wrong move from Dominic Cruz taking a tune-up fight before jumping straight in against Henan I had to. No, well, after watching Barrow in those two fights against a style so similar to Cruz's, Cruz would have eaten him up both like eaten him up I thought no problem unfortunately another part of Dominic Cruz fell off after that fight so he's had to, he's injured now again um, I, is there any idea when he's coming back did he say that in the MMAR yeah the start of January he said in December start of January is that back training or back full fight ready? oh that's he wants to fight then oh Dominic Cruz versus TJ Dillashaw Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo yeah. CM Punk on, versus someone they need to put Dominic Cruz and TJ Dillashaw on a big card like that so that if Cruz gets injured it won't really matter like the card will still be able yeah. to survive tell me do you think uh, I saw some people talking about it the other day Demetrius Johnson would or TJ Dillashaw is a big star for the UFC because they market him correctly they, the way that they they put a little bit behind him the same not obviously nowhere near as much as Conor McGregor but that they don't that Demetrius Johnson could be that star as well if the UFC put weight behind him I don't think TJ is a star and I don't think DJ can be a star either. I think I TJ can be a star. 
Maybe. I don't know. TJ, to me, reminds me a bit of Weidman. He's kind of like this... He grew up as a wrestler, and that's kind of all he knows. And I, I don't know. Yeah. They're not they're not characters to me. I don't know. Like, did you see TJ? He was on that Fox Sports One show, and like, at the end of it, he went to shake your man's hand, and then he went to give him like a fist bump, but your man like ignored him, and TJ was just there and embarrassing. Was, yeah, he left him hanging. Like, I know that could happen to anyone, but like, you would you see that happen to like Conor McGregor, or, like? Anderson Silvers, like John Jones, I don't like. I don't think you would. I could imagine it happening to Chris Weidman and stuff. And I, like, I know that's that's like a little anecdote and stuff, but I think here's things a like that grow. Here's a quick fire one for you. Go on. Is TJ Dillashaw the most successful tough contestant ever? Ah, uh, Jesus. Uh, maybe. Uh, no, Forrest Griffin, Rashad Evans. I think he definitely is. If you go from season five upward. Yeah. Without a doubt. Probably, yeah. Anyway, what were you going to say? Were you going to ask me about something else? Um, who would you pick in that Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw fight? TJ Dillashaw. I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know why, but I think Cruz's Cruz's stuff looks so beautiful because I think of his height because he's very very tall for that weight, and Dillashaw's tiny, so it's in and out. It's quicker. It's it's. He's a smaller version of Frankie Edgar. And I think in terms of winning people over, winning fights, speed and footwork is better. It doesn't matter how good your footwork is. If you're not as quick as the other guy, you've both got level footwork, level striking. The speed is always going to win. And maybe that's just a complete shot at the dark, like throwing dartboards at a wall sort of thing. But if they were to fight tomorrow, or if they were to fight in January when he's fully back from a camp and everything like that from injury... I'm still picking TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, me too. Like, <clears throat> I think Dominic Cruz has said he's such an innovator, and four years out of the sport is going to hurt an innovator like that more than it hurt a normal fighter. Even I know he came back and he destroyed Mizugaki and stuff. Mizugaki is not a guy like <clears throat> like Dillashaw, who who's come on so much. Um, I think Dillashaw hits a lot harder than Cruz as well. Like Cruz was never a knockout artist. He was a guy that used his striking to set up takedowns, and he's. Like, I don't think there's anyone better in the whole world at transitioning and dropping levels to get a takedown as Dominic Cruz, Dominic Cruz is. It's just he's unbelievable at it. I uh, you'd have to pick Dillashaw like this edge, but it's it's the only fight in the bantamweight division now like worth seeing in the next year or something. I think Thomas Almeida and and uh, Aljo Sterling and stuff are coming up, but at the moment that's the only one. I don't want people to jump on me either. Because I know Dominic Cruz isn't tall. He's the same height as me. But I mean his frame. Do you get yeah. what I mean? Yeah, he's lanky. Okay, I'm not saying he's six foot two. Like, do you know what I mean? He's five yeah. nine or something like that. But you know what I mean. Okay, just so we're clear on that. Twitter, Twitter, don't come at me. We'll uh, talk about a bit of the rest of the card. Um, it's in Barbosa, Paul Felder. But, uh, Guess who didn't see it? Oh, for fuck's sake. Graham's going to kill you. Why? going to go mad. For what? For not seeing it. Why? Because it was so good. Yeah. All right. You tell me about it. I like uh, when I say tell me about it. I mean, do you know the way you can now watch clips on Twitter? Yeah. If you follow me. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, I smell of bacon and cabbage coming from downstairs there. My father's cooking. I just. Uh, Is that your lunch? Yeah, um, I presume so. Yeah. Oh. Like I, I didn't even know. I can just smell it. 
what a man. Jesus, smells so nice. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people are wondering if Paul Felder is going to be on this Dublin card. Hopefully, he will be. He's fucking. I love watching him fight. This fight fascinated me more than maybe any fight ever. Like they're just throwing spinning shit all over the place. Paul Felder was like throwing fake spinning back fists. So he was like spinning, and then he was just like throwing punches. <laughs> when he came around, it was the most unbelievable thing ever. It's a Marbosa. Like just lit up his body, like his ribs were on fire. You could see like under his arm, he huge fucking red welts. It just fucked him up. I wasn't really scoring the fight as I watched live, and haven't watched the back to, uh, back again. But uh, Barbosa won the unanimous decision. I don't know. As I said, I wasn't scoring it, but it was it was just a great fight. I, I was it was one of those ones. I was hoping to be a uh, draw so we could have a rematch. Is but. this the sort of fight that Paul Felder doesn't lose any? And momentum despite yeah. the loss. Yeah, I think it's one of those. Um, if you get someone good, maybe Anthony Madeiras or someone like that in Dublin, or I don't know, it's hard in the lightweight division because there's so many. But yeah, I, I have a suggestion, and I, I wouldn't like to see it because what I actually did see was Joe Lozon call, causing his own TKO stoppage against yeah. Gomi. Joe Lozon, Paul Felder, Dublin. I'd watch that. I would watch it, but I'm a Lozon. Like I think Lozon might come out worse in that fight. I don't know how many more wars Joe Lozon needs to be in his career. Yeah, and actually, when I when I was reading that about his fight, sorry for interrupting you, he said some. There was an article that was up, and it was like Joe Lozon calls like stops Gomi calls time, and I was like, oh, Joe Lozon went out on a shield. Like Joe Lozon won and retired. When because I was reading it sleepy the next day, like, and I was like, oh, he he won and then he retired afterwards. That would have been great. I think that would, that's the way Joe Lozon will go out. Like, I don't think Joe Lozon needs uh, to be any high... Well, no, sorry. It's Joe Lozon we're talking about. <laughs> Joe yeah. Lozon goes out covered in blood. Yeah. Um, I don't want to see it happen, but I think uh, someone like Joe Lozon doesn't need to be in too many more wars in his career. Yeah, definitely. Um, one last fight on this card. Misha Tate. Misha Tate. Jessica, I... I want to get your opinion on it. If she's fighting Ronda Rousey again, have you any interest in it? Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I actually do, and I don't mean that in a degrading way. Misha's been the only like this is going to be a different story. I think the next time round, I'm not going to say Misha's going to win, but there's absolutely no denying. Go back to the first Misha Tate Ronda Rousey fight. Look at her constant improvement throughout her fights. Yeah, like there's like absolutely no way she gets beaten. As and even then, wasn't it the third round finished the last time? Yeah. Yeah, like Misha Tate is a I'm not gonna say it's more Misha Tate because I want to go a little bit here on Ronda Rousey. Edmund Tarverian is one of the biggest con artists in MMA. Jesus. Right? Allegedly. Allegedly. And I mean that from the point of view that Ronda Rousey, like is a freak athlete, a world-class athlete from judo, determination, skilled, hard-working. She will be a world champion wherever you put her. Yeah. How many fighters have gone to Glendale Fighting Club and done bad? Not Can improved. Yes. Name another good fighter out of there. Uh, Jessamine Duke left. Yeah, I heard a lot of them have left. A lot of the girls have left. Yeah. Who was Ronda training with for this fight? Like there's like I think she walks through Beth. I don't think there's nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten even Ronda Rousey that we've seen before 
beats um, bet this weekend. But you don't know what's happened in the last couple of months. You know, people leaving, people saying Edmund Tarverian isn't a great coach. I saw a great example like that if you listen to just his corner exclusively on fights, uh, through fight pass and stuff like that, it's some of the worst cornering you're going to hear. Obviously, I'm in absolutely no position to say anything about a professional mixed martial arts coach. I'm just throwing a couple of things out there that people are other people are pointing out. Do you not think it's fair enough to bring this up? Ronda Rousey is his prized asset, that's fair enough. Edmund is going to make a lot of money throughout his career because of her. But I think Ronda is just such a freak athlete, such a special athlete. She gets to her level pretty much no matter where she is. Yeah, she she could be training herself in her backyard and I think she'd be grand. I think what he has helped her doing, like, you called him an MMA coach, he's a boxing coach. Like, I think with Misha, <laughs> I, I think with Misha, um, like when I was writing my preview for the Betch and Ronda fight. Betch. Betch. I was just thinking to myself, like, I, I like new contenders and all, but, like, would I rather watch this fight or would I rather watch Ronda fight Misha again? And I came down on the side of watching Ronda fight Misha again, like, Ronda's going to just decimate Betch wherever she wants, like, I, I, I feel bad saying this while you're on the podcast with me, but, like, Betch is a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like, she's not on the level of Ronda Rousey, like, what? I know you're a blue belt and stuff as well, but like no, no, um, no slight on you. But like when you're in the UFC, oh yeah. But on on that, yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. But on that, the UFC is absolutely disastrous for uh, coaches promoting their fighters to black and brown. Me, got a brown belt straight away from his coach. Uriah Faber's coach refuses to promote him to black belt despite countless submission victories because he won't train in the gi. So I know you have to take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, Beth could be a blue belt in jiu-jitsu but has done countless years of no-gi. So she could be closer to a brown or black belt in a no-gi aspect just through the grading system because you can't actually grade without the gi officially. Yeah. But people still do it. Um, so can, that, you graded, can you get graded Nogi? You can get graded a Nogi. Chris Brennan has a Nogi system. And most famously, a couple of years ago, when it was Next Generation Dublin, uh, ran by Dar O'Connell, or uh, no, Dave Jones at the time, Dar O'Connell and Chris Letty went over to the World Championships to train in Saulo Ribeiro's gym. Chris was a blue belt under Next Gen. Uh, Saulo made him wear white and competed the Worlds at white belt. And he got bronze and then was promoted to blue instantly afterwards. That was because... As you can tell, looking at geese, if you're a blue belt no gi, you're not a blue belt in the gi. And that's a fair enough estimation, in my opinion. There's so much more to the game. But that set boards.ie a light at the time, Sean. One of the first <laughs> big controversies I ever experienced. I have something else to ask you about BJJ, but we'll, we'll do that in a while. But remind me when we get to the questions. Okay. But, but Rhonda, like, Rhonda's, like, black belt level. Oh, yeah. Judo. Red belt level. Yeah, she's just unbelievable. Like, and it's not even that she is that level against other people. It's she's yeah. that level in that division. People, yeah. She Bech. is the Hicks and Gracie of this division. Betch is exactly. what, sorry. Yeah. Betch, in her last fight, Betch lost the first round to Shayna Baszler. And, like, it was closer to a 10-8 than it was, like, a 10-10. <laughs> That's how much she got beat. In her last fight. Four horsemen. Four <laughs> horsewomen. Oh. She's like she's just. I was writing my preview. Like, there's nothing I could say, but like, she's gonna get the shit beat out of her. Like, what? 
Ronda has just gone and decimated her. This this is a this is farcical matchmaking. Like this this kind of reminds me of Dan Henderson against Daniel Cormier there last year. That should never have been match made. Like there's only one way that's gonna finish and lateral drops. Open, like yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Like how do you think so how do you think the fight's gonna end? Like uh, Ronda said she's gonna put a beating on her, like she's gonna make her for all the comments she she made, she's gonna make her feel sorry and all, but do you think Ronda can actually hold herself back or do you think once she gets in there she'll just like finish it as quick like she always does yeah I think she's talking shit to be honest I think it's just hype it's a bit of build up why else would anyone pay to see such an unranked uh, unskilled like someone who maybe shouldn't be up there fighting Ronda just right now person fighter um, Ronda Rousey has the unfortunate habit of being able to fit all of her fights into a Vine or Instagram video um, usually after they happen and you know are people really gonna like are people really gonna keep paying that amount of money to watch a 15 under a minute ronda rousey fight but andrew you seven fights in this main card that's what people prepared for uh, is that not because of some other card falling apart yeah and they have to put the fucking tough Brazil yeah well look, I, i'm just i'm just being pedantic here saying I that know, I'm, but I'm just talking yeah i do think ronda rousey is riding what she's doing and saying that she's gonna bring like bring the fight on as long as possible she's gonna make her pay like that's PR marketing that's trying to get pay-per-view people in buying her product and fair enough whether she's able to do it I don't think so I think Ronda Rousey is too much of a natural winner too much of all of that sort of you know so determined will take any chance will take a finish when it's there like I watched back that um, her last fight last night with the armbar the transition Headstand, whatever the fuck it was that she did, and it was absolutely amazing. Watched the back about ten or fifteen times last night on a loop, thanks to Vine, and uh, I can see her just taking an easy finish against Beth again. I could see her getting the mount and just elbowing the shit out of Beth until she finishes her. Yeah, which would finish it. Early and not, and not taking the armbar like and yeah. finish her with strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just elbowing the shit out of her. Like people, people keep saying about Ronda's improvements in striking, and yeah, it has been there. But I still think she gets hit quite a bit. Uh, I think Misha let her up a little bit in the last fight. To be fair, yeah. but I do think that if Beth has any chance, it's going to be Ronda getting over emotionally invested in this fight, um, and and making a silly mistake. Like I'm not yeah. saying that it's beyond the realm of possibility that Beth wins this fight. It is. Um, it's not. It is, yeah. I'm, I like. I don't Not think. Possible. Like, okay, fair enough. I agree with you. <laughs> you've you've won me over with that, Sean. <laughs> it isn't possible. Ronda is probably going to win this fight ninety nine point nine 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 times out of a hundred percent. But just those little factors I was saying earlier on. We don't know what our training's been like. Um, people leaving, her friends leaving the camp. We don't know how who they're around. Do you know what I mean? Um, the guys. That we know, Ellenberger and Brown, is it that are still training there? Uh, massive, heard anyway. massive, Jones. massive, massive weight disparities between them. Do you know what I mean? I think there could be a couple of different things. Also, wasn't she up in the woods with Edmund Tarverian and someone else doing a Rocky Four style training camp as well? She had an arm a while she ago. Could, she could, yeah, we could train her. We could train her to be the world champion. Definitely, go for the armbar, Ronda. <laughs> Take her down, go for the armbar. Yeah, control that position. The arm's there if you want it. The arm is there <laughs> anywhere she wants it. Punch you know, in the face, Ronda. We really need to get in on this. Judo throws. 
Thrower. <laughs> That's one thing, actually. One last thing on Ronda Rousey. Judo people probably aren't vocal enough, loud enough, or relevant enough to care about it. But does it annoy you the same way it annoys me that commentators will just say judo throw? Oh, no, I like that. Because what annoys me is when Kenny Florian comes on and says, he, she hit an omogachi harakogoshi. Like, why are you saying that? Like, That's a good analyst. Kenny yeah. Florian I, is no. the man. Are you serious? Yeah. As an as a commentator, no, I'm just saying a, as a man, as he's the man said, for doing the technical uh, lingo. Are you saying this to piss me off, like? Or? A little bit. I was kind of. I was kind of. We had about. Let me see there. We had two minutes of silence, two seconds of silence from you there, and I just thought fumes were going to start coming out of your ears <laughs> at one point. Like I just hear your table be upturned, and the podcast would stop instantly. Yeah, he's a he's a grand analyst, but as a commentator, he's not good. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. Like, oh. as Joe Rogan like always says, and like Brian Stan and guys like that, you need to keep it simple. Like, people, the vast majority of people watching these fights don't, don't know, care. Don't care. Like, like fair enough. Like when you hear something like Go Go Platter, like Oma Platter, things like that, you're kind of interested to see it because like that's the name of the thing. But when you're like a troll, like does it really matter what your fucking Japanese name of it is? Like. Yeah, he judo. He got a judo draw. That's it. He got a trip or whatever. That that's fine. But like, and like apparently, from judo experts, Kenny Florian gets like seventy five percent of those draws wrong. Oh <laughs> really? Yeah, he gets loads what a of man. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's beside the point. Anyway, um, sorry. Okay, we we look ahead to the and a bit of this card before we get to the questions. Uh, um, we we have to talk about uh, we've another subject as well. The two Nogueira brothers. Should they both be retired, or do you want to see them fight? Or I want to see them fight each other. <laughs> Twin and fight. the winner gets to continue the UFC. <laughs> there you go. What about the Photoshop work done on O'Gara in this poster against Stefan Struve? I haven't seen it. it oh my god. Just go on to... I'll stall everybody, right, while you Google the poster of Nogueira versus Struve. Okay. It looks like he's in his 20s has had no massive lacerations done to his face probably before the second or third car oh, accident oh my god yeah there you go that is not Nogueira that is another person like with Nogueira written above it it actually looks like um, <laughs> a Mickey Rourke from that film do you know where he's like the, it's like half cartoonish kind of fake face what's that uh, Sin City it looks nothing like him it, it's ridiculous isn't yeah, it, it is ridiculous. so Aside from that, um, I have to say I am looking forward to seeing Shogun and Little Nog. Me too. Only, only because, hopefully, praying to the war gods, Shogun gets a victory, brutal TKO fashion, and says, I'm done. Retired. See us later. One of these guys needs to retire at the weekend. The last thing we want is Shogun Hua or Nogueira getting a good victory over the other and then thinking, yeah! Give me someone in that top five. <laughs> and then we see what happens, really. You just know what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I'm saying it that I hope one of them retires, but I have an awful, awful feeling. Shogun Hua beats Antonio Higiri Nogueira. Rumble Johnson. <laughs> yes. Rumble Johnson beats Jan Blakowicz. <laughs> and Anthony Johnson, Shogun Hua has to uh, fight Anthony Johnson. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. That is one of the... Uh, yeah. It's our fault, no, we fucking jinxed it. 
That's exactly what I was going to say, and it's going to be such a sad thing to watch. Yeah. Or even worse, somehow Nogueira gets a decision win over Shogun, and Anthony Johnson beats Jan Blachowicz. Oh, that's already happened, though. It's going to happen again. Beat Nogueira. <laughs> the rematch. The, people the rematch everybody's been waiting for. Yeah, I don't mind Little Nog so much fighting because like he beat Rashad Evans two fights ago. I know he got crushed by a rumble, but you have to give him a chance. If he looked crap here, I think he should retire. Yeah. Shogun is well over the hill. I think Shogun's gonna win that. But big nog, he shouldn't be fighting like did you I feel bad. The UFC shouldn't be giving him fights. Like he was a great fighter. I was watching some of his fights last night against Fedor and guys like that in Pride, that Pride tournament, like he was unbelievable getting the oh, the Anaconda joke. I think he was the first one ever to like get and a kind of jokes in competition in MMA. I'm going to throw so, it out there. Go on. He should have retired after the Schwab fight. Yeah, he should have. I agree, definitely. Um, I think Stefan Shrew beats him easily. Like people are saying, Stefan Shrew should be retired as well. I think you have to give that man a chance. Like he came back from he like he had a bad heart problem and he came back. He looked bad and he's come back fight. But like, can you imagine the nerves and stuff after he? Like he was supposed to fight Matt Mitrion and nerves, like he got sick back stage yeah. and collapsed and stuff. So like you, I'll forgive him that if he looks bad this time, maybe. But I think you can't write Stefan Struve off yet. Like let's throw, let's throw a little bit of controversy into the water here. Let's let's disparage your your opinion here. Go on. Since never wait, no, never mind. I was gonna say. Since 2006, but really it's actually only been since 2008, because he was never killed before then. Nogueira has actually only been killed by Mir, Velasquez, and Roy Nelson. Yeah. The other That's fights not. have been submission losses. And the difference between them were 2008, 2010, and 2014. I understand where you're coming from, but I do think a lot of the Nogueira hate on his age shouldn't be in there. There's a lot more guys that have been getting knocked out consistently that probably there's a better case to be made for. But he looks old, like. And you is know it just that he looks so bad that he isn't the same? That it's visible and plainly yeah. obvious to see that he's not the same guy from years ago. Yeah, you can just look at a guy like you know he's he's that's not him anymore. Like he's not as good a fighter as he used to be. I'd like to ask him to bend over and see if he can touch his toes. Or if his knees would crack. He put his back out. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, but there's a couple of more good fights in this card. Um, Cody Guerrilla against Jessica Aguilar, which is probably going to be the... Number one contender who, fight. Who John Edge and Jetrick beats next. Um, and your boy Damian Maya is fighting Neil Magny. I'm very looking forward to that. Another good fight. Okay. Um, what about... Was there some news about your favourite fighter during the week as well? Horny Jason? Honey Jason, oh, he failed the drugs test. Yeah, he? he did, unfortunately. I love him because every time I, he's fighting, I predict it's going to be a triangle, and he usually triangles guys, and I look great. So that's great. Um, um, a return okay. of Uri Alcantara this weekend as well. Yeah. Fairly low down on the card, though, but I do think. Jiu Jitsu. Um, pretty crap last fight. Completely yeah. against the guy that we saw in his first couple of fights, but. Oh well, hopefully he could be back up within title contention very soon. To be honest, though, because that division is threadbare. And we never. Um, we, sorry, sorry, sorry. We never said who's getting the next thirty-five pound shot. Atija. Yeah. Uh, Asensio or Dominic. Dominic. Asensio's still injured. I think he's going to be out longer than Dominic, maybe. But well, then 
You're the you're the fountain of MMA knowledge, Sean. Are we going on to questions? Oh no, we have oh, one more topic. One thing. One just more as we topic. were just as we came off last week, news broke that Stitch Duran had been fired from the UFC. Yeah, well, maybe that guy should look up the definition of a friend. We're not friends, man. Never. We were never friends. We've never been friends. Even though I took a selfie with you with, with weeks ago, with smiling. Oh, friends, man. The UFC never fails to disappoint. I think, um, look, the difference when Bart Watson got sacked, we came on here and I said, "Does it really matter? Like he, it doesn't really matter to me. It shouldn't really matter to the fans." And yes, stuff. yes. He's, and yeah. I can give you a reason why Bert Watson is so important. I experienced it firsthand. Yeah, you did. But I think Stitch Duran is visibly important like he's he's fundamentally important like you need guys like that he's there for fighter safety and I don't I'd say I, uh, when you say that to people they're kind of like oh there's other cut men and stuff but he is the best if you go back and I did it this week because it was the first time I'd watched oh. it since the, Ro- the Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald fight right Stitch Duran was in Robbie Lawler's corner for that fight and if you look at Rory McDonald he got a cut in his nose and like I think it was the second or first round and when he came back out for after it was still bleeding was it? it was still bleeding it was still bleeding and it, like that got worse and worse as the fight went on he wasn't stopped bleeding and it wasn't the worst cut ever like he probably had a broken nose or whatever but he could have stopped that that cut Robbie Lawler in like the third or fourth round got a huge cut on his head and it was bleeding all over the place Stitch Dram was in his corner when he came out there was no more blood and it didn't bleed again for the rest of the fight and like things like that if, if there was two strands in the fight maybe I don't think it would have gone the whole thing but like Ronnie McDonald's vision and like he might have been helped and he might have been able to get win in that fight or something but I think I think it's bad but I think the bigger issue here is Dana White and like the whole hold no punches on. Sean the whole rant he went on uh, on Twitter to people like he's been doing it for years and but well, it, he had quietened down the last year. He had, he had. Am- amongst rumours of a potential sale of the company. Yeah. Um, with the whole new Reebok deal and stuff, and with them wanting to look more professional, you just can't do this shit. Like, you, you, he can't keep doing it. Because I don't, like... I think Dana White is one big incident away from not being the UFC president anymore. That's what, honestly what I think. I think Gary Cook be the, could be the next man in there if the, the Fertitta stay on. Like, there's rumours all over the place of maybe the UFC being sold. And if they want to sell it, and Dana White cause, causing these big um, these big instances, like where he came out and he called out USA Today, like he said he was paying them and stuff. And, like, the, the UFC doesn't want that. And I think sooner or later, he'll either be totally stumped or he'll, he's going to get his, uh, his comeuppance. And his if, comeuppance. if you want to put it out there, Dana White isn't as big a figure in the UFC. I think these comments are nearly his way of just getting out there again because with, a, with an increased um, his age, his former illness with the Meniere's disease, he hasn't been travelling to all of these events before. You know, he used to be everywhere. We used to always see an interview with Ariel. Then he started saying things that he shouldn't have been saying in interviews and they, were, and they stopped. Then it was just on Fox... Uh, people only in America can see them. Dana White's visibility within the company has declined incredibly within the last 12 months. Yeah, that's a lot to do with the um, lawsuit as well. Yeah, well, 
potential lawsuit that was coming. No, there is a lawsuit. Well, the lawsuit yeah. that is there not another one potentially coming regarding Ooh. concussion. Uh, well, that's uh, well, I don't know, but the one like the fighters, Nate Quarry and all those. Yeah, guys yeah. so it was fair enough. Keep him out yeah. of the because wasn't some of the testimony that they all had was like quotes yeah. of data in <laughs> yeah, interviews, was, being like, yeah. "I'll just buy them." <laughs> What a man. Anyway, I do think it's a bad, bad luck. A question I have for you. If you're a UFC fighter, do you pay Stitch Duran to work your corner? Can you? Can you? you? No. People have been saying this. uh, It's so annoying. Like, you can't. That's what I was thinking. If he was your corner man, the UFC provided the cutman. If he was your corner man, he he would not be allowed to have Vaseline. He wouldn't be allowed to have his, his, um, what's it called? The iron thing. For putting on your face, yeah. you wouldn't be allowed to have a bucket, bucket of fucking ice or whatever. I think stuff. that is is a bit like fair enough. It's probably the UFC can hold their hands up and say it's the government, it's the government, it's the athletic commissions, that sort of thing. But and then on the other hand, like I have, I have opposite thoughts of this. I put out a tweet. Did you read Joe Lozon's thing last week? Uh, he no. put out a story, pretty much saying it's stupid to criticize Reebok. Um, and he told a story before when he was younger working for a fi- uh, with his dad's shop he worked at a bait tackle shop and more often than not the company or they were the suppliers the shops would ring them right before closing and change the order and they'd have to redo everything stay up late and then go out the next morning and deliver it but they still did it because they were the people that were paying them and supporting their family Joe Lozon was kind of like you know what's going to happen if you talk out against Reebok you know, Joe Lozon is like, and as well, because he's such a bit of a nerd and a video game enthusiast, you can kind of see it from the point of view, like, we don't talk against our overlords because we're going to get killed if we do, sort of thing. It's like, there's no point in doing it. And I agree with Joe Lozon. What is to bet, like, Stitch Duran knew exactly what he was doing, going public. He probably knew he was already on his way out. He probably had the World Series of Fighting stuff lined up. He knew going public with all of this stuff was going to end one way and one way only. You just don't do it. Why, like, this is the UFC's, they're talking about wanting to go big league, major league, where we're the fastest growing sport in the world, now we're going to establish ourselves as one of the premier sports in the world. That's fair enough. You're transitioning from bush league to major league. In bush leagues, yeah, your cut men don't make enough money, so they need to have sponsors. If Stitch Durant is losing money, and you're wanting to be seen as going big league, then pay the man more money. You're now making more money, you're a bigger organisation, you're a bigger company, you've got the Reebok deal, make him wear Reebok, but financially compensate him from wearing, for wearing Reebok. I agree with that, but I disagree with him not saying anything. I think he should, everyone should have the right to say what they want, like, and not within reason, like, and I don't think he said anything too bad. I don't think he said anything that like, should have got him sacked, to be honest. Like do you? This is a bad, bad PR move by the UFC. Like he's a known guy. He's in the video game. Like people know Stitch Duran. Like I think this is a bad move. In, in my opinion, around. if you were to name twenty MMA personalities, he'd probably be in that list. If I so. well, I don't. I mean, if well, personalities outside of fighters. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. If there even is twenty personalities outside of fighters, um, if you were told the. In case you realise that disruption there, I was flipping a coin in my hand and it landed on the space bar and that <laughs> stopped the recording. Oh, fuck. Anyway. Um, <laughs> is it definitely recording? Oh, yeah, no, we're back recording now, don't worry. Okay. Um, what I was going to say, though, is like if you were to name people like involved with MMA that weren't fighters, Stitch would definitely be up there. 
one of the first names, probably after Ariane, Bruce Buffer, Joe Rogan, Stitch. Yeah, definitely. Okay, before we get to the questions, how long do you think Dana White will last as UFC president? I think Dana White will be gone within the next year. And I think it'll be him kind of saying that he's retiring, because he has spoke about retiring in the past. Gary Cook, I don't think, knows enough about the sport just yet. Is in like is, I don't think he's the right guy that they need in that position because they need someone as a bridge between the Fertitas, the PR team, and the public. So they need someone like someone like Chael Sonnen, Brian Stan, um, Conor McGregor in the future. Someone like that is the guy that you need as the front roll face of the company that can talk, shoot the Triple, shit. Triple H kind of guy. Triple H, it? the COO. Yeah. Is that what he's in the WWE now? Yeah, I, don't know. I think so. You see where I'm coming from. You need someone do, yeah. like that who's not a complete business head, who can actually take questions at a presser, who can give an opinion on something without, we'll have those figures, we'll get back to you next week. We'll yeah. email them out. That sort of stuff. That was stuff. a good Dave Schaller impression there, that was. It actually wasn't a Dave Schaller impression. Oh, not it was Scott that. Walker? No, that whoever that guy was that did the press conference in Scotland, but thank you. Dave, like Dave Schuller, actually, promote him. Like genuinely, he's he's done it enough. Obviously, don't have him there for the stare downs, but <laughs> Dave Schuller has done actually a pretty good job. Whenever I've seen press conferences or Q and As and stuff that he has fronted, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Dana White's impending departure of the next twelve months that we seem to think is too soon to get Dave Schuller ready for that position. But definitely somewhere down the line, Dave Schuller you could see a lot more of publicly. Yeah, I think Gary Cook will be. Gary Cook's some man as well. He gave me a oh, hug in Vegas. Did you know that? Did he? Yeah, Great man. Besties. Besties. We sure are. Do you know what? He actually started, like, and I, I was, like, trying to get away from it as soon as possible. But uh, it was funny because he's like, oh, here he is, the man that brought us Conor McGregor. And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm really not. And then he starts turning around to a load of Vegas people being like, he was telling us about Conor McGregor before anyone was telling us about Conor McGregor. I was like, Gary, see you later. <laughs> Good luck. Have to go okay. get food. Okay, let's let's do a few questions. Um, we've answered the questions already from uh, Amy McLean there, Justin uh, Galukiti, uh, Will Martin and stuff about uh, Tate and Cruz and stuff. So we get on to uh, John Balfe asks our good friend, friend of the podcast at this stage. Uh, let's hear about Bama. Has the Irish oh, MMA shit. public been engaged enough by the sport to sell nineteen nine nine thousand five hundred tickets? I complete. How did I go fifty-eight minutes without mentioning the best card in Irish MMA history? And now's your chance. And now's my chance, but I don't even have it up. Oh, can I just uh, ask you a question first <laughs> while I get the Bama? Bama? No, no, I'm not. I'm asking you another question that we got. It's from what? Andrew H. Not really a question, but will you tell everyone to be sound to Paria? He's a legend. Yeah, so I sad know. he's becoming the enemy of Irish MMA. If he was fighting anyone else, he'd win the fans over surely. From talking to Dustin Parry again in Vegas, one of the for the second time, one of the nicest guys you'll talk to. I just feel so sorry for him that he got all of that abuse after the McGregor fight from uh, f- quote marks fans quote marks. Um, I can't see Duffy giving him any sort of shit. I can't see the Irish fans giving him any sort of shit on behalf of Duffy. Hopefully he'll get through this one unscathed. Tell me your thoughts of it. Thank you for the Bama link. No problem. Uh, yeah, leave Duffy alone. Or um. Pari alone, he'd be grand. You think? Yeah. Um, I was. I'm not gonna lie, Sean. I was hoping for a little bit more there while this web page opened. I, I'm gonna talk about Bama. Do I, Duffy? Okay, okay, talk about Bama. Listen, 
I, I want to see Tom Duck and Mom more than all the rest of them, let's be honest. Yeah, well, because you're a, a hipster. Yeah, but he's really good. <laughs> Brendan Lachlan is really good as well, according to you, isn't he? Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, it, well, I'm not going to lie. Duke and Wah is probably going to win that fight. Pro- probably? Uh, it's a, it's a, go on. Fields, Say uh, what you're saying. Say what you're thinking. What? About Brendan. Brendan's going to... Tom Duke and Wah is going to win easily. All he's right. Gonna, yeah. Okay, you're you're dodging your words here. Anyway, no, this not. Why, why, what do you this want card. Say? No, you you are gonna come out and say he's absolutely useless. Is what you're oh, gonna no, come out and I say. No, I wouldn't say that. No, he's a good fighter, like, but he's not. No, Tom Duncan one, like. Twenty-one fights on this card. For fuck's sake! Unbelievable. Stephen Cole, Alexander Lecce. Lecce is like zero three as a pro, so that's a little bit of a write-off. A rematch of John Redmond between Johnny Kieran Jitsu. Davern, Johnny Jitsu. Who's the fuck? Ireland's. Most like Nick or Nate Diaz fighter Connor Dundeal Dillon, who will fight absolutely anyone, is fighting Patrick Wixted from Team Rhino. James Gallagher turns pro, fights Jared Gilmore. Sinead Kavanagh turns pro as well. Uh, Connor White against Chris Bujard. Adam Caffrey against Dylan Took. It should be Luke Caffrey against Dylan Took. Luke Caffrey, get home from London. I don't care if you're a bartender. Get home and start training again. Fabio. Look at this king fella. Look at this king fella. He'd fucking. Look at him. King is a big man, isn't he? Big man. Look at him. He fucking ate you. Johnny Dargan. I like the way how every fighter has like a shadow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sean Tobin and Gavin Kelly is going to be an unbelievable fight. Uh, Two people on this card. There you go. You should be. You should be coming up for it. I might be. You might be. I might be. Oh we'll my god! See. Finally, I'll be in an event and people won't have to ask me where's Sean. Yeah. You will be the star of this show. You will be more known than some of these fighters, Sean. Sean Tobin, though. Sean Tobin's student, Darren O'Gorman, beat Gavin Kelly recently, so this will be an interesting uh, matchup. Here's a name to remember, okay? I'm just throwing it out there. Connor Cook is very experienced, and it could be a tough fight for him, but Paul Byrne is an absolute monster. He was training with Wayne Fagan. He's now fighting out of SPG Dublin. I think he's 5-0 or 6-0. But this man is one of the most vicious strikers I've seen in Irish MMA for a long time. Anything he throws has bad intentions in it. And this is probably going to be my pick for fight of the night. Paul Byrne versus Conor Cook. Uh, The return of Miles Price. The return of the best looking man in Irish MMA as well, Sean. Who's that, the Honey Badger? The Honey Badger, Philip Mulpeter. He unfollowed me on Twitter. I don't like him anymore. Oh, well then. Sorry about that, Sean. Uh, Carl Moore. Someone asked (laughs) me as well. Uh, on one of our questions which will tie into this I'll go back to it though yes Catherine Costigan's fighting Damian Rooney's fighting a lot of Irish MMA talent on this card and please 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 support it it's not going to be nine and a half thousand tickets I believe for what I've Alan heard Alan Philpott is one Alan oh, Philpott yeah, is fighting Sugden, Sugden, Sugden and Chris Fields as well um, yeah. Sorry, when I was looking down at it there, the way it was laid out, it was like Rooney, and then I saw Fields, so I was like, oh, that must be it then after Rooney. Um, Who's talk- Tom Rooney fighting? Or not Tom Rooney. Damien Rooney Damian is fighting <laughs> Manuel Cape. He I is don't see that here. 10 oh, yeah, I do, sorry. Yeah. He's 10-0, and 0, I think, um, but I haven't fought nobody really that anyone knows. Before we get on to it, it's not 9,500 people, though. It's yeah. scaled back for a 3,000 capacity. So Bama are doing a very good idea in trying to fill the arena on corner men alone because they've got 21 fights on the card. So that's going to work. But um, I do think they're going to they're gonna run it very, very close. 
They've announced good sponsorship partnerships with FM 104. They're going to be very visible around the place for the next couple of weeks, building up to the fight. We are going to be pu- pushing it because I want to see the. I want to be there for the biggest um, Irish MMA crowd outside of the UFC in the Three Arena. Um, How I, many people again did you say they're going to? Play I, I believe it's scaled back for three thousand people. Oh, that, yeah, it won't be that. Big I fun. find it achievable. If Cage Contender got two and a half thousand people 3, into the National Basketball Arena, I do think this allegedly. I do think this could this could happen. <laughs> I say allegedly because you take anything John Ferguson ever says with a pinch of salt. <laughs> anyway, yeah, if it is three thousand, like I'm sure they can sell. If they sell more tickets, they'll be able to to fill it up more. But yeah, that'd be a good crowd. Like that'd be a great crowd for an Irish MMA card. Um, Marco Tool along the same lines. He asks whether I'll be going to the Bama card or Andy Lee's fight. I don't know yet. We'll see. I'd be going to one or two of them. But um, he also asks us, what do we make of the clash between those? And the fact it's all Ireland weekend, and the fact Ireland are playing Canada in the Rugby World Cup. That, yeah. Is it Canada? Yeah, they're playing Canada. I thought it could have been the semi. Oh, I had this argument with Graham yesterday. You know, it's Canada. I looked it up. Is it? Yeah, the UFC. I'm maybe is the semi final, but uh, it's 100 percent Canada and the Bama. All hail, all hail, Sean Sheehan. Okay, they're playing Canada. I think people can miss that. Uh, <laughs> it's on during the day too. They could go after it to be honest. But okay, yeah, so the. The whole thing, and is it the same day as the All Ireland, or is the All Ireland on the, the Sunday? Sunday, but there's gonna be sh- like uh, if I'm going to this, I'll have to drive up and drive down because there's no way I'm getting a hotel like, or it's gonna cost a shitload of money. Yeah. So tell me, that's actually it's not okay. It's not as bad as it looked like at the start, with Bama seemingly being dealt a bad hand in terms of scheduling conflicts. And the Andy Lee fight though is something that might affect it a little yeah. bit gonna be huge like Andy I think there's 30,000 people in Tobin Park for that fight yeah that that could be huge like which is and huge that brings the question boxing is still bigger than mixed martial arts in Ireland uh, well I don't think they could fill Croke Park with a boxing match but I think Conor McGregor could yeah Conor McGregor could but the UFC couldn't the UFC couldn't you know what I mean no, let's yeah. say UFC just decided to put yeah, an event Conor on Conor McGregor is MMA here kind of he's bigger than MMA you know I mean? We could go on about this, and we are going to next week. But hit me with more questions. Uh, what are thoughts on? I don't know if we talk about it, but Kieran Nuffin asked thoughts on Carl Binder pursuing a boxing career. It looks like it's not going to happen right now because he's yeah. saying that he has a fight announced for Dublin. Unless he's on the Andy Lee card instead, maybe he has a fight <laughs> booked and it's on the Andy Lee card, Sean. Oh uh, yeah, that'd be nice. That's a, that's a spoiler alert there. That's a true. Yeah. Um. Fair play to him. You know, he obviously sees something in his game that he wants to improve on most is his striking. What a better way to improve on it than extensively focusing on a stand-up fight. I have no problem with it. As long as the UFC are okay with it, Cahill feels like it's going to improve his career, improve his progression, and make him a better, well-rounded fighter when he comes back to the UFC. Go for it. 100% behind it. You? Yeah, I think I think it'd be a good idea. Like, I, I think he knows... Like, I spoke about it earlier about... Um, What's his name? Dillashaw being like the next level of a fighter, and because like he's so well rounded and everything, like I think Cahal knows he he has to do something to improve his game. Like he he's a good game, and we we all know what he can do and stuff. But I think he wants to be a better fighter than he is at the moment. So like I think that can make him better. I'm all I'm all for. It. I think he should do it. Um, 
Clyde Stanton there over on Twitter asks, is there a danger fans won't get behind Duffy with the same enthusiasm as McGregor because of the fact he's not a dub? Uh, because the fact he's not a dub? Yeah. I don't think so. Then again, we don't have an Irish UFC fighter aside from Norman Park outside of Dublin, do we? Uh, no. That's a very interesting question. Yeah. I don't think so. I think the fact that he's Irish, you'll get the support. I think we, we're very fond of that, you know, um, nationalistic pride from that point of view. I do think we'll... Uh, can I just say, that Bama poster is ridiculous with the green going through Phil Potts' arm and the orange going through Chris Fields' arm. That's the only thing I have to give off about because it looks like their arm is just cut in half completely. And it just stuck oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's going to annoy me every arm. single time that I look at it from now on. That is very weird. Anyway, uh, no, I expect Joseph Duffy to get full support from the Irish, uh, Irish, Irish fans. Yeah, I think you probably will as well. But you know, the Dublin people are fucking pricks, so you never know. Like, you hate Dublin. Something yeah, serious. Just, I'm, I'm leaving, leaving the beautiful confines of Louth now in a few minutes to head yeah, up last, to Dublin. Last question. So you alluded to it earlier on. I think you know. I know what your answer will be. But from Shane Power, do you think any more Irish fighters will be signed up to the UFC for October's event? Are there any ready? No. Nobody is ready oh. right now. But... This Bama card is going to be the litmus test to see if guys are ready. Carl Moore, in particular, yeah. um, is very, very close, in my opinion. Two wins away, you're going to see him in the UFC. Chris Fields, we're going to see maybe what he is like at the minute. I know you obviously don't plan to go out and get knocked out the way Chris did in his last fight. You definitely. Chris Fields. Yeah. Uh, What's he calling him? The, the Housewives' Choice, Chris Fields. Uh, great man. But we're going to see... Like, all I've heard about Chris Fields the last year is how good of a fucking coach he is. And that's legitimate. Like How many guys in SPG are saying how good of a coach he is. Maybe he's at the tail end of his career. Maybe the UFC reality and dream won't actually happen for him. But this is going to be a good test to see whether he still is capable of staying up with those guys. Alan Philpott, ridiculous record for a man who's still so young. Catherine Costigan, maybe we'll see her setback. Um, and Invicta overturned as well but if I'm going to throw darts at a dartboard and the guys that I want to see in the UFC most Carl Moore is top of the list John Redmond no I'm sorry uh, I love John Redmond but I don't think he'll he'll make it that far um, oh no he wants to fight CM Punk actually John Redmond his quote was I'm 5-8 and eight, he won't get an easier pro debut <laughs> um, so there are a couple of guys two years time yeah, I have no problem with guys like maybe uh, Sean Tobin being talked about, Miles Price, sort of thing. But Philip Mulpeter and Carl Moore are the two guys that stand out to me right now that can go in and be UFC ready within the next two fights. So them two especially. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Damian yeah. Rooney as well will probably heel hook me for not mentioning anything about him. Um, yeah, sure. We're going to see. We're going to really see. This is He's had a tough year in terms of not getting matched. Um, and fights being matched and pulling through and that's the one thing that I'm most interested in seeing we don't understand it Sean and rightfully so but imagine what it must be like for fighters that are their emotions that are constantly up and down on it you're yeah. fighting you're fighting it's confirmed don't worry mate we're going to get you a fight everything's going no sorry actually we're lying no fight coming for you at all that must fuck with a fighter 
and I don't think it's something that's talked about enough because yeah. when you're maybe you could argue as close to Damian Rooney was before the Shaj Hack fight to a Cage Warriors world title shot or a chance at the UFC and to go from that to Cage Warriors imploding to not getting matches to not getting all that stuff you have to wonder what's going through his head speaking of that Graham Boylan's going to be in Dublin tonight I'm going to ask him about Cage Warriors oh yes nice there you go um, I th- just on that I think Karen Moore is going to be in the UFC sooner yeah. or later because they need light heavyweights more than anything else because light heavyweight division is so fucking shit here's, um, a, here's a prediction Sean go on is there a light heavyweight if there's a light heavyweight fight on U- UFC Dublin he could be a late replacement for it oh yeah maybe Ilir Latifi that man holy shit I've seen out, like, he behinds Conor McGregor Ilir Latifi is the one guy that I've seen most in the UFC yeah, he there fights you go. a shitload. He fights on he, all of his Connor's cards. Okay, he, I don't want to send you off into a jiu-jitsu rant here. Right? Oh yeah, ask me about my jiu-jitsu question. Ben Saunders, how impressed were you with his uh, rubber garden shit? He's the man. I As I said, Jordan Breen is a great interviewer, and I know I was waxing lyrical over that about his interview with Saunders on our group chat, but... He came up with a great line that I don't think will ever be topped and I really would like to use in future but I can't because Jordan Breen's the only man who will ever say it. You should just steal it because you fucking steal everything. You steal my ideas and all the time. You know, I'm just going to edit that out, Sean. Don't no, worry. don't Keep edit it. it. Keep it in. Whatever. Who Fuck cares? Sure. Anyway, <laughs> this room is how many McGahan decibels? Tell me that. You didn't come up with that idea. The Sheehan meter. The Sheehan meter, yeah. <laughs> the Sheehan sound meter. Yeah, uh, that maddened me when you didn't reply to my yeah. Yeah, I couldn't give it to you. Anyway, he said something like, if you put... Do you ever see uh, years ago when the Tiger Woods games were being developed that they put those white little uh, balls all over their body and did the golf swing to analyse the golf swings so the golf swing of that person was just like it in the game? Yeah. And if you put one of them on Ben Saunders and asked him to grapple, you'd be instantly able to tell it's Ben Saunders. Yeah, definitely. He he moves different to everyone else. The tenth planet system. Edge Bravo. Edge Bravo. The tenth planet system also utilized by Tony Ferguson. People yeah. shit on it so much, and they shit on it from a jiu-jitsu point of view. Fair enough. It's easy enough to get out of the lockdown, and um, if you know it's coming, sort of thing. You can kind of prevent yourself from getting too ingrained in it if you know it's coming. But the highest level of the guys that are able to do it, and considering the fact that the 10 planet system was based around MMA, not pure jiu-jitsu, and with the purpose of strikes, it's an unbelievable system for MMA, I think. Yeah. A lot of the control positions... Like, a, go on. As an MMA fan, like, I think it makes a lot more sense than like normal jiu-jitsu. Like, oh, when yeah. you see guys waiting in the guard, like, I think the rubber guard is like I know you have to be really flexible and stuff. And the dead it. orchard, which is a ridiculous position as well, which is when both arms are in. It's um, when when I, when we're talking about these sort of positions, you actually just perfectly described my week last week. I did or before I went away to Vegas, I did ten rounds of ground and pound sparring, so jujitsu with gloves on. Yeah. Worst thing in the world. Because none of my jujitsu worked. None of the jujitsu that I've been focusing on, training on for com- competition and stuff like that just doesn't work the best jiu-jitsu for MMA is fundamental jiu or this 10 planet system it's absolutely brilliant and some parts of it like I don't think the lockdown per se really works in the lockdown MMA. hurts yeah, it actually does hurt but it's it takes too long to get submissions out of it and stuff yeah. though, I think for MMA but I think the rubber guard is a lot like you saw the damage 
like there's triangles there and arm bars and stuff from the rubber guard as well but the damage Saunders was able to do with his elbows and with strikes from the rubber guard as well because you leave a guy in like a position where he can't really defend himself and it's really hard to get out so like the yeah, only problem really I have with the lockdown is as soon as you put it onto the person they know that it's been put on and their reaction yeah. is going to be punch you in the face see uh but like in pure jiu-jitsu did you see Eddie Bravo against um Oh, Hoy- Hoyler Metamorris yeah, that was on when he nearly popped his knee and his calf and yeah. stuff like that he got him in the vaporizer he got yeah. him in the electric chair sweep, he, got, sweep. he got that from the lockdown he was in yeah lockdown it's for such time. a good it is such a good sweep it is such a good position and uh, I'm very glad you've engaged me in some jiu-jitsu discussion listen, listen to me here hold my own fucking talk about jiu-jitsu that's brilliant pure expert here I absolutely love it do you know who you would like I'll tell you before we go, go Keenan Cornelius You've heard of him? I, yeah, I've seen him a couple of times. He was he, he in Metamaris. Yeah, he has yeah. a guard called the Worm Guard, which uh, is all about using the pels. But he has a guard out at the minute, the Nogi variation called the Mantis Guard, and he just comes up with a load of crazy shit. Calls it his own name, sells it, gets very good at it, and does it on black belts that have been black belts longer than he knew what jujitsu was. So it's um, it's actually pretty cool. He's a phenom. So uh, go go look him up after this. Just watch. I know. Some. I know. Yeah, but just you know, just do it like. If poor if man's Buchecha. A poor man's Buchecha, yeah. Well, at the minute. Here, did you know Buchecha was in I Beat the last week? Yeah, you were saying that was last week's podcast. Oh, was I? Yeah, it cost like weeks. five grand at training camp. It was the most ridiculous thing I heard. Buchecha, Rodolfo Vieira, and Leandro Lowe. Go and shite. Luke Thomas is probably there. Fucking. Don't start. Okay, you've started. Okay, are we, are we doing this, Sean? <laughs> yeah, are we well, doing this? There is nothing that I like dislike more. And Luke Thomas, I love a lot of his stuff, but when he talks about grappling on Twitter, breaking down fights or breaking down stuff, some of the stuff he says is just complete wrong. You know, and I think grappling, and that's just in my opinion, there's other things that I would say, but I do think there's a lot of stuff where people can, I don't know, there's so many options that can happen, so just because you say it and you've done grappling, it doesn't mean that's the right option. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think Luke there's is, Luke has very strong opinions, and like he kind of says tends to say stuff as if they're facts. Yeah. And when sometimes they aren't, they're just his opinion. But like, I think he's just a bit like that. Just, just the way he is. I think yeah, that is it's just the way he is, and it's his style, and it's very good, especially when he does the Luke Thomas is pissed sort of video style and the stuff that he. I don't think he's done one in a while, has he? Uh, about three or four weeks ago, maybe. Well then. And there's so many of those people now popping up on Twitter that it's infuriating. It's like grappling editor, columnist, opinionated person about such and such. And it's like, yeah, yeah, really nice use of the lot. And it's like flipping through. Lockdown there. <laughs> and it's just like, lads, fuck off. Like, sorry, sorry. You, you've, pu- you've put me on it here, Sean. We're a little bit over. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We're now finally back into a rhythm. The Severe MMA podcast, an hour and 18 minutes today of listening delight from myself and Sean Sheehan. If you want to get in touch with us over the next course of the seven days to tell us how good this show was, how much you enjoyed it, or how we should stop talking absolute and utter muck, you can get in touch at Andrew McGahan underscore on Twitter, at Sean Sheehan BA, or if you want to add to the lengthy number of complaints that we've been getting recently <laughs> at Severe MMA on Twitter. Sean, anything else to add in there while you're laughing? 
uh, well, I'm laughing because you said it's complaints we get, like when it's always your fault. I suppose, are you the new star of Severe MMA? I'm You've just, overtaken me on Twitter. Severe You've MMA. overtaken have, me on Twitter, followers. Uh, that, that hurt you, didn't it? It, it hurt so you. deep, cut so deep. Yeah. Well, well I, like between the time Jose Aldo got injured and by the time the end of UFC one, what was it, one eighty nine? Yeah, I had like a thousand new followers. It's fucking deadly. She so Jose, nation. <laughs> Jose Aldo, or be, not between the drug test actually, not the injury, between the drug test. She he knows. She knows. Hashtag she nation. That's Shout what out. we want. That's what we want. Anyway, until then, Sean, I have to go now and uh, get a quick shower. Head up to Dublin to interview the man from the west of Ireland, Joseph Duffy. Uh, northwest of Ireland. Don't jump down my throat. Yeah. We're gonna find out. I'm gonna get his thoughts on the Parier stuff. What would you like me to ask him? Oh Jesus. One uh, question from Sean Sheehan. Go on. Um, hmm. I don't know. I can't think. Ask him what it's like. like oh, this is a good one now. It's like an instigating question. Ask him, does he like the fact that he got the headline in Dublin quicker than Man- Conor McGregor did? Oh, create headlines there. Create a monster. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. If I don't get barred from the UFC for asking such a question like that, if not, we'll see you next. Oh, until then. See you next week.